Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, we prepare for the big divisional round matchup against the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead Stadium. Hear from head coach Andy Reid and a few players as they discuss strategy heading into the matchup. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor, Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the wild card victory over the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, well, fans really got a look at the, uh, what should I call it, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde nature of, uh, of this Chiefs team on offense. I mean, you know, they can shoot themselves in the foot and punt three straight times, or they can score five touchdowns quicker than any team in the history of football. I mean, it's just, it's so bizarre um, because it's been this way all season. It feels like, you know, sometimes they're they're on and look unbeatable. Um you know, and, and when the offense is on, I mean, it looks like they could rival, like, that 2018 Chiefs offense. Like, that's how good they play when they're on. They're just not always on. Um, I will say that, that Patrick Mahomes went a little Super Saiyan in this one. And it feels like, you know, in some of the big games this season, uh, that, that that's been the difference. Um, especially down the stretch here. It's really been the difference between a win or a loss is him, you know. Or, or even a close, you know, close loss is when he performs best, they're they're at their best. And when he gets going, just nothing, nothing seems like it can get in his way. Um, the problem is getting getting him and the rest of the offense going because sometimes they just, you know, the, the penalties, the drops, the miscues, the just all of it uh, can become problematic. Uh, very problematic if uh, if he's you know if if they're not they're not feeling it and uh, I think they're going to be feeling it in this one I hope they are <laughs> at least uh, because they can't they can't tempt fate uh, with a slow start like that this time around they can't do what they did against the Steelers and give the ball back to them three times in a row and expect to come back in the game. Because against a team like Buffalo, you're, you're going to have some problems. I mean, your defense is going to be able to get a couple of stops this game, but they're not going to be able you – know, I, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, get as many stops as you would against that Steelers team with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, on the way out and offense struggling, offensive line struggling. I mean, you look at the Bills the past three games, and, and – I don't think they punted. You know, one one of the one of the games, uh, the Jets game, they punted. Um, so really, the past two games, you know, they haven't punted, <laughs> and and that's against a pretty good uh, Patriots team uh, last week. I don't think they had a punt. So, um, you know, they're they're going to take advantage of offensive possessions better than than the Steelers will. So the Chiefs just cannot, cannot, absolutely cannot afford to give the ba- the ball back to them in that manner. Um, they're they're going to have to to execute on offense from the jump, and uh, they can't have that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde moment uh, at the beginning of this upcoming game. Were you surprised by the breakout performance of Jarek McKinnon? You know, not at all. In fact, I actually wrote that this is exactly what was going to happen. Um, the article was published about eight hours or so before kickoff. But uh, basically, the idea that Jarek McKinnon was on this collision course for a Damian Williams-like breakout. Um, the signs were all there for a big breakout game. I mean, even before his injury, before Jarek McKinnon's injury, it felt like 
he was close to having a little breakthrough moment in the offense because he really hadn't to, to this point. I mean, he hadn't really um, managed to jump ahead of Clyde or Daryl Williams or, or any of those guys. And, you know, he saw a few snaps here and there, a couple carries here and there. But there was nothing that, that really, you know, until that, that, I feel like that last week uh, before before he was injured, he was injured on like a punt, on punt coverage. But that, that week prior, he had some snaps on offense that made me feel like, okay, if Patrick Mahomes gets the passing game going uh, to, to the running backs and if they start working in some more of this like outside zone or some of these looks where you can kind of bounce uh, – bounced outside like it felt like Jarek McKinnon was the player and the guy that they could have to to execute those plays and uh you know then he gets injured he goes on injured reserve um and and his return from IR I mean he was on injured reserve from from about a month and then his late game performance kind of in week 18 then he had media availability on third I think it was Thursday or Friday I mean that to me all that kind of really it just gave it away that that this breakout was coming and uh the opportunity obviously was ripe for the taking injuries to uh Clyde Edwards Lair and Daryl Williams and and boy did did McKinnon take advantage of it I mean he had one of if not the best performance in terms of yards per carry and yards per reception by a Chiefs running back this season and uh he looked the part too um especially hitting those outside runs I mean I don't think that Daryl or uh, Clyde really have the the juice that he has to to get to the outside as quick and uh, and get to the sideline. And <laughs> like it's not like McKinnon hasn't had these types of performances in his past. Um, you know, with with the Vikings, with the 49ers. I feel like he's had six, five or six regular season games uh, in his career with over a hundred scrimmage yards. So. I don't know. I I feel like um, it wasn't a big surprise to me. I know, you know, a lot of Chiefs fans were hoping, oh, you know, no Daryl Williams, let's get more Derek Gore. Um, but I feel like McKinnon really fits what this offense needs at the running back position. Like if you're looking to the draft next year and you're like, okay, we, uh, we need to get, um, you know, we need to get player uh, – at the running back position, look for guys who compare to Jarek McKinnon because uh, that's that's just something they really need. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked at this point if they managed to, to find a way to re-sign him. Um, you know, you need a you need a whole lot of running backs, a uh, whole lot of running backs in this um, in this league. I mean, we've seen it over the course of, of this year. The guys just get banged up, so so you really need a gang of them. Um, to be able to be effective. And if you have a lot of different ones who can be effective in different ways, it, it can help you throughout the course of a season. Because now we're seeing Jarek McKinnon pops up, you know, right at the beginning of the playoffs, and he gives this team a whole new dimension that they didn't have before. Um, they didn't have it with Daryl Williams. They certainly didn't have it with Edwards Lair. So, um, you know, that, that type of thing, um, it, it's good. It's good for this team. And uh, I, I think it speaks to why they haven't necessarily emphasized just having that one guy at the running back position, but but investing in multiple guys in their development and uh, and and you know having kind of that mix and match. Um, everyone brings a different flavor, but uh, I think uh, McKinnon's the flavor of the month right now.
Do you believe McCall Hardman has found a positive groove over the past few weeks in regards to his role? Um, yeah, I, I think that it's been really a combination of things for Hardman um, in terms of his role. I think, first of all, the coaching staff has really found their comfort level with him uh, when it comes to like game-to-game responsibilities and game planning. Um, I think early on in the season, they might have been putting too much on his plate, and it was showing. Uh, you know, too much responsibility within the game plan, um, too much responsibility on special teams, and it, it was overflowing. His cup runneth over, and it turned into fumbles and drops and mistakes and what have you. And then you see him kind of dip uh, in terms of his role and his um, his snap counts in the middle of the season. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, now they've kind of figured out they, they really know what works for him. Um, which is to get him the ball in space in the hopes that he can break off a big play with his speed. And then, you know, I think he's definitely hit his groove on special teams uh, when he was kind of struggling in that regard earlier this season. He's having, you know, some off punts, some fumbles. Um, I think Tobe trusts him to uh, to make decisions back there again, which he, he it seemed, seemed he didn't <laughs> for a little bit. And... Uh, been a lot more confident uh, uh has been a lot more confident you know uh, fielding punts and i think that showed last week with that you know, like a 48 yard return um <clears throat> i'm not sure that hardman will ever see the type of production that chiefs fans want him to have but i think he's a solid role player he can have a positive impact on games uh if if the chiefs treat him that way if they treat him like you know he's someone who needs to you know carry carry the team and you know have this huge role from a week-to-week basis I, I think they're going to be disappointed uh in what they get out of him but I think if you you know uh prepare to give him uh these opportunities to make big plays happen I, I think that's where he can really uh succeed and and help that you know that can kind of snowball into him carving out a, a bigger role for himself within the offense as things go forward Eric Bieniemy and Ryan Poles have interviewed for some head coaching and general manager vacancies. Do you think either will get a job, and what will it mean for the Chiefs moving forward? Yeah, uh, at this point, I am pretty confident that both will get a job this offseason. I mean, Andy Reid basically told us that he thinks this is the year for Eric Bieniemy, and I don't think he'd say anything if he didn't believe it or uh, know something that we don't. So... Um, right now, we only know that the Broncos have requested an interview, but I'm sure he will have more. I think some teams uh, are kind of waiting for the playoffs and things to play out before requesting an interview because I don't think he's taking any interviews right now. <clears throat> As for polls, uh, he um, he did uh, uh, get some opportunities to interview here recently. Uh, if you don't know Poles, Poles, the, the Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel, um, he, uh, you know, I, I'm more convinced than ever that he'll get a general manager job. Um, like I said, he's interviewed a couple times. The, the New York Giants twice now. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who, from what what I've heard, he uh, crushed that interview. Like, that... that <laughs> It, it, if he doesn't get the Giants gig, I think Minnesota might just hire him on the spot. Um, but I'd be surprised if other teams with GM vacancies didn't at least like try to get him to interview. Um, and, and if you're not familiar with polls, uh, he's been around since 
the Scott Pioli era. Uh, he was, I think he started off as a scouting assistant, honestly. And he survived this whole time. This year in particular, he was pivotal uh, in the Chiefs' offensive line rebuild. I know he played a, a big role in uh, getting Creed Humphrey drafted. Um, and uh, and he also played a role in some of the free agency stuff um, and the Orlando Brown trade. So, um, now anyways, uh, fans, they, they should be rooting for these guys to get jobs. But uh, not just because they're good people and deserving of chances to, to run their own franchises. But... The NFL's new rules on uh, developing minority coaching and front office candidates, um, I mean, it would reward the Chiefs uh, if the enemy and polls were to get jobs. Um, And, and that you know, reward's pretty pretty handsome, too. Uh, If one of them gets jobs, they would get... um, third round comp pick in, uh, in, in this draft and next year's draft. Um, if they both got jobs, they would get three third round compensatory picks, uh, total over the next two drafts. So, I mean, I don't think I need to tell you this, but those picks would help this team in a big way moving forward. Obviously you got Patrick Mahomes on the massive contract. Uh, they're going to need to, to continue, uh, getting this influx of talent in, um, for, for Kansas city. And I, I mean, it, for, for next year, uh, they're, you know, 2023, they're hosting the draft. So you obviously want ammunition to be able to trade up or do whatever, make a, make a move, get a big impact player, what, what have you. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of, uh, something to consider there when, uh, when it comes to the enemy and polls. Should the chiefs feel extra motivated heading into the divisional round Sunday night, against the Bills team that overwhelmed the defense earlier this year. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that, that there's much uh, extra motivation or how much extra motivation this team needs to go out and do well in a winner go home playoff game. Now, <clears throat> if it was a regular season game, maybe uh, they're having that conversation or you know what they're looking at some of this stuff for bulletin board material or what have you. I think they'll want to prove that this is a different team than the one they beat back in week five. Um, and, and I think by all means it is. Uh, you can kind of really see it, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, the, the different players they've added and, and what have you. But um, I, I just think they're they're performing a lot better than they were then. Uh, defense, they've got things figured out. Offense, uh, they're they're more explosive now. Uh, than they were then. And I think, um, you know, they've really kind of figured out how these teams have been defending them and how to play effectively um, against that type of that type of coverage that limits those uh, those deep uh, passes that they used to live or die by. And uh, now they're 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 figuring out ways to open those things up. Um, You're kind of seeing how they're they're opening those things up uh, with the run game. They're opening those things up with the short passing game, uh, dumping passes off to the running backs or tight ends, or having you know having guys leak out late or crossing routes, mesh. I mean, they're they're doing a lot of different things to you know bring that attention back kind of to the middle of the field so they can hit some of those perimeter shots uh, on the outside, um, some of those those you know um, when they have uh, you know three receivers isolated to one side and get you know, someone on a crossing route or yeah, they're, they're starting to figure out ways to do that. Um, 
when they weren't able to early on the season. So, I, you know, as far as extra motivation is concerned, I don't think they need any extra motivation going into this one. They know what this game means. You win this game, you get to the AFC title game, potentially get a chance to host it should uh, the Titans beat the Bengals. And uh, they're playing the last game of the week, so they'll know that. They'll, they'll know beforehand, okay, if you win this game, you get to host the AFC Championship game again. Or you win this game, you get to go on the road and play the Titans. So I, uh, I think that, you know, uh, that, that will be the motivation. Uh, the motivation is, is to continue on to the playoffs and to get to the Super Bowl, which is obviously the ultimate goal of this team every year and a realistic goal of this team every year, so long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, so long as Andy Reid's the head coach, and so long as uh, the defense uh, keeps doing their part, which, you know, so far uh, they've, they've, they've picked it up since week five. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that the extra motivation thing will play much of a, much of a role, if any, in, uh, in their performance this week. Who do you believe is the X factor heading into the divisional round Sunday versus Buffalo? On defense, it's that's going to be Chris Jones, uh, who's absent in the first game uh, that these two teams play back in Week 5. And uh, he can be a big-time difference maker when it comes to getting pressure and sacks on Josh, Josh Allen. I mean, we've seen what this defense looks like when he's not on the field uh, a couple times this season when he was out with COVID and then obviously the wrist injury early in the season. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's the one who makes this defense go. Um, so not having him on the field is, it was just massive, massive loss. Um, but I mean, really you look at it, this whole diff, uh, the whole defense was just entirely different back in week five. Uh, Willie Gay, I think that was his first game back, but he was still like working back in from his toe injury. Daniel Sorensen was still playing 100% of the defensive snaps with Juan Thornhill on the bench. Traverius Ward missed the game, who's their top cover corner. Uh, no Melvin Ingram yet, so even if Chris Jones was playing, he would have been playing on the outside, which is not as effective. Um, so I, I know that everyone's looking at, at what the Bills did to the Patriots this past week, and they're like, whoa, that team can beat anybody, but... I'd be really shocked if this defense didn't do a much better job limiting Allen, you know, than they did in week five, but perhaps better than any other team has this season because they have changed that much and they're that much better. So I I think that there's going to be a bit of a rude awakening there, at least early on in the game before Buffalo has a chance to adjust um, because this, this defense is different and better than it was back in week five. And if they approach it any other way, they're going to be in for for a surprise. Um, On offense, I'm looking at Jarek McKinnon, uh, the offensive line, the running game, just in general, uh, as kind of that X factor. Because if you look at the Bills' defensive stats, uh, the running game has really been the only thing that you can call a weakness. Um, And it's more middling than it is a weakness, if we're being honest here. But... um, you know, if the Chiefs can control the line of scrimmage and run the ball against the Bills team, um, I, I think that opens up some better opportunities in the passing game. Um, I think it'll wear out the defensive line, which is important because that's one of the strengths uh, of this Bills team. Um, so getting them, you know, worn out before the rushing, uh, before the the pass rushing downs, that's going to be important. 
And uh, just in general, I hope McKinnon's the guy this week. I think he will be. Um, you know, I, I'm a little skeptical that Daryl Williams will go with that toe injury. He couldn't push off last week during the game, so they just shut him down. Uh, I think that was one of the reasons that that fumble play didn't really work. He uh, he went to like plant his foot, and it, it just it didn't it didn't look right. <laughs> so. Um, but anyhow, I, I, and I don't know what to expect from Clyde Edwards-Alaire either. Um, I, I don't know, you know, the shoulder injury has been kind of mysterious, you know, for a, what's considered a bruise or a contusion versus, you know, some sort of internal injury. It just seems very strange that he hasn't been back out there yet. Um, you know, but look, McKinnon and Gore, they're more than serviceable, so it, it shouldn't be a problem whoever is out there. I think McKinnon, obviously, he gives you that speed, that juice that some of the other guys don't have. Um, so I, I'd hope that after watching him this last week, that that you know that Andy Reid kind of keyed in on that and notices that, and I think he does, uh, and I think he knows that he needs to to keep him as the guy uh, throughout the playoffs, um, especially if if these other two guys and Williams and Edwards Alaire aren't one hundred percent, and then Gore, I mean. You know what? What's not to like about him? Power back. He's uh, done a really good job in limited reps, and he's explosive too. Uh, you know, more of a one-cut runner than a guy like McKinnon. So, I, I think that's a good one-two punch to take into the take into the playoffs, and um, could be could be an exciting development. Uh, should you know? Should they both um, play and play well? <clears throat> And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, uh, we have just a ton of different stuff on the website right now. It always gets a little crazy around playoff time, right? Um, but yeah, from from you know stuff recapping the Chiefs' win over the Steelers to uh, you know, preview content uh, for the upcoming game, we've got some stuff looking ahead to the offseason already, be it the NFL draft, uh, the Chiefs' salary cap situation, uh, we have the, the info on the, the money they'll be carrying over um, into 2022 from, from their current cap space. Um, we, I mean, we've got some, some other fun stuff on the website right now, too. Um, I don't know if anyone, I'm sure most everyone, most most Chiefs fans have probably heard Andy Reid's uh, uh, metaphor for the, uh, for the Super Bowl um, being the chocolate cake with the ultimate frosting. But uh, we, we have a fun article up on that right now. And, um, you know, just some more informational stuff out there. Uh, some roster roster moves on the practice squad, things like that. Um, obviously, we're going to have a ton more preview content coming up for you, uh, you know, later in the week through uh, the weekend uh, leading up to the game. And hope you guys will, will check it out. Uh, we thank you so much every week for, for tuning in to uh, the podcast and for reading the website because we couldn't do it without y'all and your support. And uh, you know what time it is, Ed. You know what time it is. It's time for me to say, go Chiefs. had a chance to play together now for a few weeks and um I, I think that's consistently and i think that's uh that's good they, they feel relatively healthy for this you know for this time of the year and uh, that's a big challenge 
they've got a good offensive line. So, um, but you know, I know the boys will be ready. They, they, they look forward to the challenge. They, they love that type of thing. So they'll, uh, they'll be ready to roll. And secondly, um, I wanted to ask you about the Bill safeties, Jordan Poyer, Micah High. Just what have you noticed about uh, them, um, maybe even in the first match, or just what you've seen over the last few weeks about how good they are as a safety tandem? Yeah, I'd say, uh, Nate, they're one of the better ones in the league. Um, they're great communicators. They, they can get everybody lined up where they need to get them lined up. They can cover, and they can tackle. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks, guys. Hey, Patrick, uh, you've been seeing a lot of the Bills uh, lately, and it seems like you probably that's probably going to continue. Just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Josh Allen, what you like about him as a player, and uh, what's it like competing against him? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a tremendous player. Um, I actually know him a little bit off the field as well, great dude. Um, he, they put a lot on his shoulders, and he, he, he rises, to the, rises to the occasion. I mean, he's able to run the ball. He can throw the ball. He has the arm, arm strength to throw anywhere on the football field, and he makes great decisions. So, uh, like you said, we'll probably play them a lot of times. Uh, it'll be great competition, uh, and uh, it's definitely a great challenge for us as a as a team to, to compete with them. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go to Herbie. Hey, Patrick. Tyreek Hill has sort of had to reinvent himself this season, no longer just known as a deep threat. But from your opinion as his quarterback, how impressed – have you been with the way that he's been able to adjust to how the defenses have been playing y'all? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's been, it's been incredible. I mean, the, the way he's able to run routes between coverages, I mean, pretty much every coverage, he has two people on him or two people kind of shadowing over the top of him and he's still getting himself open, making c- tough catches over the middle of the field, um, and really evolved, evolved his game. And then at the end of the day, whenever he gets in those man, uh, coverage situations like he did this last weekend, it's, you can always hit him over the top for touchdowns. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Patrick, we know Jarek had a, a good game last game. You guys really got him going. Um, whether it's Jarek or, or one of these other backs, what is getting getting the short game and, and the backs do for you when it comes to taking maybe those deep shots to, to Tyreek? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get that involved, especially early. I mean, um, when deep teams are playing these deep coverages and they're kind of really focusing on Tyreek and Travis and all these other receivers that we have, um, getting the ball to the, the running backs in space and then making one guy miss usually ends up being big gains. And so Jared did a great job of that this week. Um, and then, um, running the ball as well. And then once we do that, you see that the stuff over the top opens up. So you gotta be patient with that. And then whenever you get a chance to hit over the top, you make, you make sure you execute that one. Thanks to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Patrick. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, he's a guy who earlier in his career was prone to getting personal personal fouls, different things like that. What have you seen in terms of his personal growth and maturity, not only as a football player and your relationship there, but also just as a man off the field? Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a great uh, person for this community. I mean, the way he gives back to this community uh, is awesome. And it sets an example for everybody on the team. And, uh, I mean, obviously he, he had some personal fouls early in his career. He's learned from those, didn't make the same mistake twice. Still a competitor, still goes out there and plays with passion. Um, but, uh, I mean, he, he's definitely grown up as, as he's kind of went through his entire career. And, I mean, he's the old guy on the team now, so he can't be making those personal fouls anymore. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh Patrick, do you have a – you know, people kind of describe your mindset in games as – I mean, I, you know, listen, like a, a blank you mindset, that there's a there's a – 
stage that you get to where you, you go to another competitive level. And I've just had people, you know, recently around town, that's been like a conversation that like you kind of maybe got there. Like the Pittsburgh game didn't start the way you wanted. When that clicked in, 11 minutes later, you've thrown five touchdowns. Is that accurate? Is there, is there a, a level within you or is that just the perception fans have when it, uh, when it gets rolling like it did? Yeah. I mean, I think I just really like winning. That, that's, that, that's pretty much the end of it. Go next to James Palmer. Go, James. Patrick, I'm curious about your you running the football this season compared to years past. 5.8 yards a carry. It seems like, and I could be wrong on this, but like your decision making in when to go and picking your spots have been better in years past. Do you feel like that's an improvement this year for you compared to seasons past? Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, um, I think you've seen it from me in the playoffs before. It's when teams really focus in on Tyreek and Travis, and they have two people on both of them and then other guys are getting covered in kind of man-type covered situations. It kind of opens up lanes for me to run. Uh, I've been telling Tyreek that I'm getting faster every year, too. So, I mean, I got a, I got a little bit of speed there. And so when it when it's presented the opportunity, I think I'd try to get up, get, get first downs, get out of bounds. I wanted to ask you about facing Josh Allen. You know, coming off that game he had, his running ability, what is the biggest concern or the biggest con- – that? As a defense, you guys have to watch when you've got a mobile quarterback like that plus a bunch of weapons. Man, he's one of the elite quarterbacks in this league, and, and, and you got to try to cancel out every phase, and you got to play assignment football with him because when you got a quarterback that can run, that can throw, that can do everything, you just got to play assignment football, not try to do too much. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Melvin, now that you've had some time uh, to be around Steve Spagnuolo, I'm, I'm just curious – you know, we've had a couple of people describe him, you know, and, and what they think of him. How, how would you describe him as a as a coach? Not not necessarily as X's and O's, but just as a guy and how he is as a leader. Uh, I think he's a great leader. I think he, he he's a great coach, and and I think most of all he's a players coach. He he understands how to relate to players and 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 how to be there for players, and that's what I think is so good about him. Like he he's definitely always in there, no matter what's going on. Even in practice, he's always right there, hands on with you. So that make him a great coach. Got time for two more. We'll go Todd and then Steve. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Melvin. Appreciate the time. Um, What's up, I know, you, I know you didn't play in the, the week five matchup with the Bills, but I wonder, is there a sense in that defensive room this week that, that you guys kind of owe them one? And what do you think you can add this time around that was missing when you weren't on the team week five? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a sense of we owe them one. No, we're just trying to go out and win a playoff game to try to accomplish what we set out to do. And, and, and me, I'm going to just try to go out there and, 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 and be a piece to the puzzle, try to go out there and play assignment football and get another victory. As always, if you have any thoughts on the show, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Catch us next week.